You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Scoundrels, and welcome back to Duskfall, the dark jewel of Akaros. I'm Jared Logan. You're watching Haunted City. This is a show where we play the game Blades in the Dark by John Harper. Uh, Blades in the Dark, a game of pulling heists and scores in a haunted city full of ghosts and uh, and trouble and villainy. Uh, and you get to be the villains. That's one of the best parts of this game. You get to be nasty, uh, underhanded, dangerous characters. Uh, let's meet these dangerous characters right now. We have, uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and say, and I mean this spiritually as well as physically, the handsomest cast I could possibly <laughs> hope to have procured uh, to play in this game with me. First, uh, the master of esoteric lore, uh, the scholar of uh, of Gematria, uh, Kabbalah, uh, the occult. Please welcome uh, professional actor and improviser, Mr. Ross Bryant. <laughs> hey, Jared. Yeah, uh, thanks for that wonderful and kind introduction. I, I, it always feels good to be referred to as spiritually handsome. And yes. you know me. I'm always just uh, loving taking time to indulge in your games in the moments that I'm not delving into the sacred numerology of various esoteric texts and ascending the tree of the Sephiroth. Yes. Uh, <laughs> every time I text Ross, I'm like, Hey man, what you doing? He's like ascending the tree of the Sephiroth. Uh, yeah. and that's how our text convos go. Um, she, uh, is, uh, the only player to have read the book. Um, <laughs> she's also a fantastically talented actress, uh, improviser, role player, uh, and uh, we love having her in every game we play. Uh, when she played a, a horror game with me where everybody was a Frankenstein, this, these three players, actually, she had a voice that gave me nightmares. Uh, <laughs> please welcome Josephine McAdam. It's just how I love to be remembered. <laughs> yes, a voice that gives me nightmares. Uh, hello. Hello. I Let me be. I've only read uh, parts of the book relevant to my own character. So if you ask for something really left field, I will have no idea what you're talking about for a player. That's amazing. Usually players show up having not looked at the book, you know, uh, they're kind of like, what are we doing? Can I be a thief? I don't know what's going on. Um, uh, but you, you, you read some of the book and that's gigantic. Some, yeah. Some, some, it's a really cool book. The more I read, the more I wanted to keep reading. Cause I, my intention was only to read about two pages and right. then I kept wanting to find out more and seeing more. And I was like, Oh my God, we can do what? So, um, I'm excited and you may be excited now, but, uh, you might regret how much I've read by the end of this. So. Um, yeah, if you start, um, actually me, mm, boy, it's I, already I'm, done, right? Oh, I'm going to come right back at you. I'm going <laughs> to straighten my glasses even harder. Um, all right. Uh, and, uh, I'm, I'm joking. Please, please bring everything out of the book that you can. Uh, you can, you can't throw a fastball at me that I can't catch in midair. 
uh, like a master of telekinesis. Okay, uh, coming next to the stage, this man, I mean, he needs no introduction, but here comes an overly wordy one. Um, you can uh, see him on HBO's Raised by Wolves, which is in season two and is the greatest science fiction show to come on to television in years. Um, you can hear his voice in some of your favorite video games, and you can see him in my role-playing games, usually <laughs> just making a terrible mess of things, knocking <laughs> over any story I try to put in his, oh my god, in his path, and, uh, and, and attacking the other player characters. I'm attacking my mic. <laughs> Apologies to the audio snobs in the audience. Uh, there will be a slight clang as I hit my mic. Um, please welcome the eminently talented Mr. Abu Salim. Hey, that was uh, that was great. That was wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I got really excited and then my arms started flailing, uh, which is we not good for excited, perfect man. audio. We all get excited. And you know what? I don't blame you. I yeah, don't I'm, blame you. Some of us get excited and we look cooler and sexier. That would be you. And some of us get excited and we start foaming at the mouth. And, <laughs> and that would be me. Okay. Okay. But, but that's okay. We all have our differences. There are different yeah. ways that we work. In fairness um, to Jared, he was bitten by a rabid raccoon a couple of days ago. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's true. Okay. That's, that's the foam. That makes sense. Yeah, and that happens to me a lot, apparently. Um, so here we are. We have our incredible players, uh, role-playing experts, uh, extraordinaires, all three of them. And they are about to dive into the city of Duskfall and the game that is Blades in the Dark. Um, Abu, you have the least experience with the system, with the game. So you're How going are you first. feeling so far? I mean, what do you think of this? Do you understand? <laughs> you know, you probably are kind of still in the dark about a lot of things about the world, right? Yeah, I think it's it's. I mean, like, look, I think that's what's really exciting about it is that I have no idea what the hell I'm doing, uh, no idea how I'm getting into it. But what ends up happening, essentially, this is always happens with me. It's like I start something and then I'm like, oh, I want to read up on it. And then I'll like go through the Internet and then I'll come back with all sorts of information and stuff and become <laughs> obsessed with something. So, yeah, I'm just I, I can't wait. I think. The, the most exciting bits I do find is the beginnings, especially when you're trying to find your character and find your footing, you know, it's, yeah. it's finding the voice, right? I think that's what's, um, what's really, really terrifying. But yes, I have no idea what <laughs> the hell I'm playing. I like, I'm genuinely like to the point where, you know, I don't even know, I, I don't even know where, where the book is. I'm just reading, you know, all sorts. I'm trying to commit crimes to get some form of idea of what I'm supposed to be doing in this thing. So Great. <laughs> that's just, that's right. No, you've got it. You're you're ready. I let's let's teach him, uh, Josephine and Ross. Let's 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 teach uh, teach you about the world, uh, Abu. Uh, uh, your character Valkos, a Severosi uh, uh, chieftain's son, uh, a Severosi uh, nobility in a way. Although they 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 roam the plains of their uh, country and like uh, as like horse lords, like fighting off ghosts. Um, uh, your character has come to uh, Duskfall, and I, I think I should paint for each of you uh, a day in the life of your character, uh, as far as I know it, and then I'm going to let you take the reins and kind of tell me what you're doing. I'm going to let you have a scene that you kind of set for us to kind of introduce your character to us a little bit, but I just want to let you know that you live in a city on the edge of, a, of a, an enormous uh, black sea, and that sea, it's like ink black. But the strange thing about it is that 
if you look down into its depths, uh, you can often see lights sparkling down in the depths. Uh, the stars are in the sea in this sort of uh, photo-negative kind of fantasy steampunk world that we find ourselves in. Um, and, and the city, uh, the city that you live in, is this massive uh, conglomerate of buildings that have been tacked on buildings that have been tacked on buildings. The, the, the structures in Duskfall have been torn down and built on top of for many generations, for a thousand years, so that there are buildings from hundreds of years ago that now have you know corridors attaching them to brand new structures, uh, and the whole thing ends up being this polyglot, insane kind of uh, gothic nightmare with like castles attached to um, you know giant Tesla coils that generate electricity that's protecting the city from the from the the deathlands that surround it because a thousand years ago something terrible happened uh, a thousand years ago it was a land of dragons and fairies and unicorns and people with swords and brave knights and someone's quest someone's bid to save the world didn't work out the good guys lost a thousand years ago. The sun was shattered and the gates to the realm of the dead were torn open. And now when anyone dies, their shade eventually pulls itself free from their corpse. And there are relatively uh, safe or uh, you know non-dangerous versions of ghosts that that make their way about that manage to keep their sanity and identity, but there are just as many that go feral, that become ravenous for life, that that possess the living uh, with uh, ill intention in mind, and some that even go completely monstrous and become these enormous gestalt beings made of ectoplasm. So. Uh, so that is what surrounds the city. Uh, and so the city must keep uh, those ghosts out using these lightning towers. The lightning towers, uh, and it's the, also the only thing that gives the city light, is the electricity generated uh, by electroplasm. <coughs> electroplasm is this sort of resource that the only way that the city can get it is by hunting uh, fishing for basically these leviathans that live out in the sea, these enormous demons that dwell out in the sea. So enormous ships captained by the nobility of Duskfall head out into the sea and they slay these demons and they bring their blood back to Duskfall and that blood can be refined into the marvelous electroplasm that protects the city and also gives the city light. So, finally, uh, making my way around to your characters, I can tell you that life is hard for everyone here, but it's especially hard for you right now. Wherever you've been in the past, if you've been a member of the Sparkrites Guild, the people that build that lightning technology like Juliet, or whether you were once a chieftain of Severos, uh, like Valkos, Abu's character, uh, or uh, whoever you are, uh, you now have no coin. I'm looking at your crew sheet, <laughs> the sheet about your uh, crew. You have you don't have two coins to scrape together. You're completely uh, destitute. Um, you're at tier zero in the uh, ladder of the faction game of Duskfall, which means uh, you're little known. You're not respected. Um, and um, 
that means that you're probably living thin. It probably means that your your food is mostly in the form of mushrooms, which are grown in these like mushroom tunnels. And out of these mushrooms, they make mushroom bread, like a thin kind of dusty mushroom bread. Uh, sometimes um, uh, people that uh, live very poor in Duskfall, they will um, they will go to this place where they give out algae. <clears throat> Algae that is dredged from the canals is brought up and offered to the public to be used as a foodstuff. And so probably all of you lately have been eating uh, more than a few bowls of algae soup or seaweed kind of gumbo. Um, It doesn't taste good. And especially if you once lived as a chieftain or a respected guild member... I don't know about Selyak Khan, Ross's character. He might be used to this kind of uh, this kind of fare. Um, but uh, here you are. Let's go to Six Towers. And if you look at Roll Twenty, we can see uh, that your um, that your layer is there in Six Towers, uh, and uh, and according to your crew sheet, you have a layer in a sunken grotto beneath Six Towers. Uh, Deep down beneath the strata of the street, uh, you have a workshop there, and you have a, a, a humble lair, a humble place to plan your crimes and to plan your takeover of the city. Uh, and so I will start the characters there. Not necessarily that you're all there right now. I'm now going to point to one of you, and I'm going to let you um, kind of uh, show us your character. And you can immediately leave said sunken grotto and go <laughs> off to do something else. Uh, but what I would I, what I would tell you to do is is to find a way to make some coin. Mm-hmm. You need to find your next score. It's very important. If you don't find your next score soon, I'm going to start giving you level one harm called hungry because you guys are at the very bottom rung and you've got <laughs> to start putting together some coins so you can feed yourself. So um, uh, the way you find your next score. And I'm almost done talking. Sorry, Internet. It's coming. Uh, <laughs> the way you find your next score is looking at your sheet. You can see that you have allies that you could go and talk to. If you look at roll 20 here, I've, I've, uh, your, your crew has allies. You have a plus one with the foundation, who are like the architects guild, the master architects and city planners of Duskfall. You have a plus two with the Path of Echoes, which are a mystery cult that uh, likes to consort with spirits. Um, you um, you have allies on your sheet. For example, your crew has an ally, a tavern keep named Rigney. Your personal sheets have allies on them. You also have enemies. Go and look these people up. See if they have a job <laughs> for you. Even the even an enemy might might um, possibly uh, pose some sort of potential line of work for your crew of shadows. Uh thieves and saboteurs. Uh, and so I want to start with someone who has the most experience uh, in Duskfall with uh, my friend Russ Bryant. Tell me about Selyuk Khan. Tell me, first of all, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yes, that's right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're in the in our, in our grotto. Yes, perhaps you've just eaten an, uh, an un- satisfying mushroom gruel of some sort. <laughs> yeah. So maybe like um back in the shadows of this uh workshop in the in the dim light there is a very like extremely 
slender, sort of hooded figure. And you could see just the lacquer bowl of this of this gray goop kind of like disappearing. Uh, and as and as it and as he lifts it to his lips and tilts his head back, if you were to look past the candlelight, you would see perhaps a bolus of this uh, ooze <laughs> going down a visible throat because Selyak Khan's skin is translucent. It's like an anatomical doll in a uh, in a, that you'd buy at a science museum, and and this is due to his Tykerosi heritage, correct? Yes, the 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 Tykerosi folk are, are said to be um, have a heritage that is demonic. That way back up the bloodline, someone someone uh, uh, mated with a demon. That's that's the folklore. But as a result, <laughs> folks from this uh, part of the world always look a little odd. And Celiac has a has a particularly odd um, visage. In that, if you look in the right light, you can see. The muscle, the the muscles, and the and the skull and the skel skeleton working <laughs> behind the skin, um, and uh, then I think is Selyakon is like assuming a sort of rigorous, pos- like a sort of rigorous position with like fingers raised and and a in a sort of like sigilistic pose, and. Uh, on either side of him are two little cones of incense that purple smoke is sort of rising around him as he's trying to like tamp down hunger in a sort of ascetic way by meditating on the fact that hunger just feeds the flesh the flesh is is, is just material and material will pass away take on another form but there's a spark within that will live on and if I focus on that then perhaps the hunger won't bite so painfully very good i mean um I, this is free play so if anybody else in any if, if any other player at any other time wants to step into the scene they may or we may just follow Selyak for a moment and see uh what uh his plans are <laughs> this has got to be every time we eat though that it's this level of part, and then we're just eating yeah. like in a normal fashion yeah, yeah, yeah. across the way. Celiac is saying elaborate prayers before and after meals <laughs> like you'll, and yeah you'll you'll just see the his lips working over his black teeth um and perhaps in this in this state of um um contemplation where where not enough food is 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 reaching reaching him to make the the thoughts are coming in this sort of like dreamlike uh, hypnagogic sort of state like he's so hungry and a face sort of resolves in his mind's eye uh someone who is offering him uh a a, a toothsome morsel and that's the face of someone he knows. Uh, someone on his sheet. Quellen, a witch. Quellen, a witch. Yeah. Um, so um, he could go and uh, he could go and he could see Quellen. He could go talk to Quellen. Um, she, uh, he knows where she hangs out. And uh, she actually has uh, digs in Six Towers, which is the district of Dustfall where you all uh, make, your, make your home. Make your lair. Um, great. Um, 
let me tell you about Quellen. Uh, Quellen, uh, she, uh, she's old. Um, she, uh, she dabbles in, uh, magic that is often, uh, uh, dangerous, uh, and, uh, constantly downplays how dangerous it is. Um, (laughs) maybe this is why you are interested in her. Uh, but she definitely does things that even, uh, you know, some of the cults of the forgotten gods, uh, and various whispers throughout the city, would say are sort of dangerous to do. Um, and um, she lives in a broken down little house at the end of a uh, quiet lane uh, here in Six Towers. Six Towers, of course, it, it used to be the moneyed section of the city before Brightstone and White Crown became the center of the wealthy elite in Duskfall. And now uh, Six Towers has fallen on hard times. So the entire district is filled with filled with these once beautiful mansions that are crumbling, that are covered in ivy. Strange fungus is growing up the sides of them. Mosses, um, just buildings that are collapsing into each other. And at the end of a little lane of such houses, kind of like something you might see on the outskirts of Detroit, uh, is a humble uh, cottage where. Uh, uh, smoke still pours forth from the chimney. There's someone living in that in that cottage, and that happens to be Quellen, uh, your witch contact. Uh, would you like to go and talk to her? I would. I think uh, that's that's what I was, is like. I feel as though I've either my my own mind or perhaps she herself has reached out to me <laughs> in some way across, uh, and that um, and that the gods have have offered me in this way an answer to. To my prayers, um, so you, you, the rest. Of, I guess the both of you would maybe see me, this this figure like rise up and uh, taking an ablution of, of uh, incense smoke, and then a uh, sort of a sweep by you. Yes, um, and uh, even though it is uh, our friend Selyak's contact, once again I will open the scene to any of the other players if they would like to be present. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, I uh, can start to narrate what happens when you get into the cottage. Or I can even mm. like, uh, and and I think that Selyak is is a is a Tykaros, and so from from far away. So and we said he was he was maybe generations in Duskfall. So yes, I thought I think he he maybe retains just like a touch of like the um the Outlands accent of his of his of his parents, just like like. Uh, like I'm going to see a friend. Um, I've uh. received um, what I think might be a summons. And if yes. anyone would care to uh, join me, then. Where are you going? I see you've got that look in your eyes. <laughs> Not far. I do not know if you've made the acquaintance of uh, uh, Quellen, who lives uh, not far from here. No, I I don't know many people, to be honest. Not of <clears throat> not of the same circles as you, I imagine. <laughs> That's what makes us unique. Um, why don't you just let us know how it goes, and I will uh, try my own methods of 
Getting us a little better food. <laughs> and, and, and perhaps like kind of look deep, deeply in you and it's like, we will find our way through this. Just remember that there is also spiritual nourishment to be had. Not only a nourishment of the flesh. And he puts a hood up over his head and walks away. And then we will cut we will cut to the cottage of Quellen. Uh, we, we will cut to the cottage of Quellen, and the second you sta- step through the doorway, you don't even bother knocking because you, you are allies, you are friends. Um, she is cooking. She's puttering about in the kitchen uh, that is uh, right across the entryway into her tiny cottage, and when you enter, her back goes tense, and without turning around, she goes, You felt my summons. <laughs> God, what am I in? <laughs> yes, join us. Um, um, it could not be ignored. Yes, my friend, I felt you reach out and touch me. Um, she walks forward, and she's a she's a tiny little lady. She's. She's she actually is like a if I was gonna give her a shape, it's spherical. But I mean like very <laughs> spherical little woman, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, she kind of roll wobbles over to you, uh, and she seems very old, which, by the way, is quite an accomplishment in Duskfall because a lot of people die pretty young, uh, <laughs> especially at this level of of the city. Uh, and she looks up at you, twinkle in her eyes, uh, and she goes. Let me look at you. And she uh, pats your face. Yeah, she pulls your hood back. Yeah. And she pats your face and she goes, Oh, you're getting cloudy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, I I may have uh, uh, a way that I can help you. What help I can offer, I would be glad to provide. I, uh... Come sit down, sit down here. Have have a little mushroom tea. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. She takes that and tries not to do it too greedily, <laughs> and um, and just like cupping the little bowl in his hand, is like sipping and listening. So, I understand that you are looking for opportunities for your uh, your crew. Hmm. In order to. Receive opportunities, you must cultivate the correct mindset to make yourself um, amenable to the abundance that would uh, surround you if you were only open the gates of your mind. You have knocked on the doors of my mind. What do you have to offer? I can see you're already going to be amenable to this opportunity. Yes, this is what I like about you. No judgments. You're open open to what exists outside of this flesh and blood, aren't you? Aren't you, Selyak? Well, um, I have a potential client for you. Someone greatly in need of your services. Someone who needs uh, something stolen. But uh, I will ha- uh, hasten to add that uh, this theft will not be unethical. No, you will simply be giving back what rightfully belongs to this person. This person also happens to be dead. 
You see, my friend, I have recently made contact with a member of the Reconciled. A very safe ghost, I assure you. Uh, uh, I wasn't detecting any sort of uh, disturbance or instability in the ectoplasmic field at all. Uh, this uh, ghost is completely in control of its faculties and, um, well, uh, asks a humble, humble service of you and your team. What peace we can offer to them? We will be doing a, a blessing to all by um, reconciling them with what they have lost. Yes, well, it seems that um, while they were uh, in the land of the living, um, they squirreled some items away in Saltford's bank. Are you familiar with Saltford's? Uh... I confess that lately I have um, <laughs> not had the strength or inclination to move much about uh, our fair city. What can you tell me about it? Um, it's a private bank uh, on the docks. Um, uh, many sailors coming back from wild adventures out uh, in the world, out in the sea, have brought uh, their gains, ill-gotten and otherwise, to Saltfords to keep them safe. Uh, and many, many starving scoundrels such as yourself have thought to uh, storm Saltfords and take the items uh, hidden therein, and they have been thwarted, yes. But, you see, uh, there happens to be a safety deposit box belonging to this ghost, and uh, now that they are dead, well, they lack the means to uh, access their account. But they assure me that there are um, prizes enough inside uh, for them to take back what belongs to them and for you to be, well, for us to be paid. Very well. Um, I will consider this, uh, this job. Can I have the pleasure of knowing the... Uh, the name of the deceased individual in question who has sought out your services and inspired uh, you to seek out our own. Uh, I'm afraid that I am not at leisure to share the name. The uh, exact uh, safe deposit box is box 190578192. Uh, <laughs> Very <laughs> um, well. One nine zero five seven eight one nine two. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, simply, mnemonics, uh, mnemonics, mnemonics. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the part of the game where I make Ross do a small memory test. <laughs> um, uh, and so uh, c consider uh, uh, my. Uh, my friend on the other side is uh, quite uh, anxious to have these items returned to them. Hmm. Well, I will, of course, discuss this um, proposal with my um, colleagues, and we will see if we can come to an arrangement that is amenable to all parties. As always, I thank you for reaching out to me in a language we both understand. 
Yes. You see beyond into the ghost fields, Oh, there are many treasures there for us to get our greedy little fingers on, aren't there? <laughs> yes, of course. But know that I, I do not wish to be compelled by greed, merely simple avarice, the desire to possess, to, to control, to contain, but um, the desire to set right what has been scattered to those that... um do not know how to make proper use of the materials that have been lost. There is that which remains, and we must um, make proper use of this sacred remnant. Yes? Um, and I'm already rolling something in the book, and I'm not going to tell you what I'm rolling. Because uh, that's the kind of bastard I am. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, all right, uh, and so um, uh, there you go. Um, while uh, our friend Seliak was kind of uh, getting that opportunity, um, I will uh, go ahead and cut straight to Juliet, who is already out in the streets somewhere doing <sighs> something. Juliet, what are you about? What are you doing? Show us I something think- about your character. I would, well, you know, the veil is down, I'm all in black, I I kind of float through the streets as I walk, uh, almost spirit-like herself, floating from one thing to the next. She's trying to make her way to her apothecarist friend? Apothecary. Well, yeah, was that not the, is that the term? Okay, and her apothecary friend. Yes. Uh, Stasia. Stasia, yes. So Stasia also, I mean, the reason that you have digs in six towers is because you are near your allies. And so Stasia, when you go to a, a kind of a, a more a more businessy thoroughfare of six towers, um, our friend Selyak was just off in one of the mostly abandoned kind of little um, arteries of, of that part of town. But you kind of make it over to a, 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 a more main thoroughfare uh, where there are restaurants uh, that people sometimes, if they're brave, venture to. Uh, you've come to Comer Way uh, here okay. in uh, Six Towers, and uh, she doesn't have uh, you know a huge uh, storefront, but Stasia does have a storefront, and hanging from the front of it are all kinds of weird uh, fruits and herbs and uh, and gourds. Uh, they kind of mm-hmm. hang from the door. There's a, like an odd wreath. Uh, it's not holiday based. It's, it lets off some sort of aroma that's supposed to bring business uh, into her <laughs> confines of her of her tiny shop. Um, she's just mm-hmm. down the street, actually, from uh, from the Golden Plum, which is uh, actually an extremely um, extremely uh, lauded restaurant here in uh, in Six Towers. Uh, but you come to Stasia's uh, door, uh, and uh, you may enter if you'd like. Yes. I'll knock before I do. And Very good. And open come the in. door. Come in. <clears throat> Hello, Stasia. Juliet, hi. One moment, I'm just finishing something. And you see she's working the mortar and the pestle. Uh, and um, yes. she's dripping something glowing into like an enormous beaker uh, and then when the mortar and pestle stuff is done she kind of she's like 
avert your eyes. Oh, of course. Uh, and she drops it in, and there's like a big flash. <laughs> uh, and uh, it kind of, it's like a flashbang grenade. It like doesn't go away for a while. Like it kind of just very slowly, the light sort of returns to the way it should. And she's like, I gotta be honest, I'm not even sure if that worked or not. What is it you're working on? Ah, uh, well, uh, it's uh, a new formula. Um, uh, something uh, that will uh, give people um, uh, energy. Uh, uh, literally. Uh, a little bit of, uh, well, spark. Really? Uh, have you tested it? I haven't been able to make very much yet. Hmm. How much is in front of her right now? Um, just the tiny little drab that she exploded uh, <laughs> into the room just now. Um, she kind of comes over to you. Stasi is not old. She's uh, she's uh, you know maybe late twenties. She's got long tresses of kind of red hair. She's acarose by birth. Um, she is kind of like covered in like dust and like smudges from her alchemicals and things like that. And she always seems like a little uh, too chilled out uh, to be safe around these kind of chemicals. (laughs) (sighs) Well, I would be happy to take some of your hands and play around with it some if if you are needing some more experimentations on it, that is. You want me to try this stuff on you? <laughs> you want a little taste? I would love a little taste, yes. You really don't mind? Because I might not I have don't. the formula right. You know, it could be. I could have. I might be way off. Well, with okay. Well, what was your what was your step by step process? How did you get to this point? Well, you don't understand a lot of the alchemical regions. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I don't understand. Okay, fine. And can I just stick my finger, my pinky in it, and then try some? Rub a little on your gums. She, she, her, <laughs> eyes go, her eyes go really wide, and she's like, whoa, as you um, take a little taste, and um, I can tell you that there is a spark on your tongue, uh, and then you feel, you do feel energized, and you feel kind of like uh, a shiver go up your spine, but it's very pleasant. It's like it's like an electrical current kind of curls oh. up your spine for a second. Uh, and as she's watching you, uh, your eyes light up like uh, like electri- electric current from a, a lightning tower. Your eyes kind of crackle and, and literally light up the room for a second. Wow. Uh, magnificent. Uh, a success, I would it's say. Good. I, <laughs> wow. It's yes. good. It's good. Oh, it's d- oh, delicious, yes. Uh, yeah. and lingering as well. Okay, yeah, oh that goodness. is... That spark, yeah. Yeah, that spark. It's good will stuff, you... Right? Yes, I'm gonna have you... A li- I'm gonna have a little bit. Yes, ha- go ahead. Oh, what is going on? How hard do you and uh, Stasia usually party? <laughs> Well, um, I mean, we like to try things, okay? You know, <laughs> so it it varies. Some days it's a bust. Some days it's really wild. But it's usually all contained to this this place only. 
We don't right. we don't let it seep you know slip out onto the streets. We try to contain it until tonight. Um, I'm just wondering if we should try a roll for the first time just to see. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, <laughs> I I, I want to roll for you to kind of um, party and and you can define it how you want. Are you partying safely? Or are you partying? Are you really letting go and seeing how absolutely crazy you can get? Um, define that for me and then pick an action that you would use. Mm. I think I, I think that uh, Juliette is uh, thinking, oh gosh, this is this do you think this could potentially replace food? Does it does it actually give energy or could it keep me up all night as I'm working on an experiment and do I maybe perhaps not need to sleep while I'm on this? Maybe I should check and see how long I can stay up on this. And that's uh, a great idea. Uh, perhaps I will uh, be this is like a thought experiment in my mind. This is an actual experiment. Uh, to see the longevity, and would this perhaps be some studying at hand? Sure, I'll allow it. Um, one of the incredible things about Blades in the Dark is that you can use any action to do any task in Blades in the Dark. And so because you've defined it as, I'm going to see how long I can I can stay up sort of like learning this formula and mm-hmm. all of that, using this as sort of a, a stimulant, then study works perfectly. Uh, and the only okay. reason I'm doing this right now, normally we would wait till something is really on the line, but I want to just kind of <laughs> show everybody how roles work. So that's why we're doing yeah. this right now. So you're going to use your study action. How many okay. uh, pips do you have in study? I have one pip. So you're going to roll one die. Now, later we can talk about how you can get extra dice by like kind of pushing yourself and things like that. But because this is sort of like a, a low stakes role, we're not going to get into all those extra little rule permutations as mm-hmm. of yet. Um, you're going to roll one die. If you get a one to three, you've failed. If you get a okay. four to five, you've succeeded, but there's some sort of consequence. If you get a six, you have completely succeeded. Uh, and so I would like for you to go ahead and roll for me. Would you please roll for me? And yes. I will, uh, and what position am I in? Oh, very for this role. Can't believe I forgot this part. So uh, you are in a um, you are in a controlled position because, as you okay. said, you are in your friend's laboratory. Uh, everything is safe. You're not in like kind of a dangerous situation at all. And this will be for uh, standard effect. Uh, if okay. it works, it will work standardly. It won't it won't reveal some sort of amazing uh, sure. vista of genius to you, but it also will have the effect of you will use this stimulant and you will uh, stay up all night studying. Okay, here goes. And it's a four. A four. So So you succeeded with a consequence. And in this particular case, I will say that the consequence is that, yes, you and her stay up all night just talking wildly, like just really hopped up on spark, just like thinking about every idea you've ever had. And she reveals the entire formula to you. And it's really quite amazing. And the only thing that you need to make make a lot more of it is like all you need is just some electroplasm. And you know what? You could even just steal it. You could just get some of it. We could just steal it. Oh, my God. And there's that big... Uh, uh, facility yes, the yes, Sparkrites yes. have in Coleridge. Oh, yes, I hate them. I hate them. And the trucks go back and forth out of there all the time <laughs> with electroplasm on the on the truck oh, yes. on the hulls. Of course, of on course. the carriages oh, and on the hulls. Genius, Stasia. Oh my gosh! And so um, oh. after uh, after a couple uh, of uh, hours of uh, of this, 
uh, here's your consequence. The hangovers uh, from Sparks sort of sets in. <laughs> sure. And you end up feeling literally fried. In fact, I'm going to say that, like, even your clothes are, like, a yeah. little singed. <laughs> Uh, and for like the rest of the day, a little bit of like wisps of smoke are kind of coming out of your nose and mouth, <laughs> even though you're not smoking a cigarette. Fantastic. Um, but basically, uh, you have uh, you have rooted out a another lead. Um, raw electroplasm uh, could make a lot of this stuff, uh, mm-hmm. and people will obviously pay good coin for it. Um, there are hulls and carriages going in and out of that Sparkrite facility in Coleridge. If someone were to just get her one canister, yes. Stasia could make a whole bunch of this stuff. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And then she'd cut you in on the profits. Yes. Uh, uh, what, what would it take to get that uh, recipe? Could I retain as she was going on and on about what made it, how it, how Your she produced it? Your study roll was a success, wasn't it? Yes. Your your role is a success, so I'm going to say you um, you absolutely ha- do retain yes. uh, okay. the entire okay. formula for how to make spark. Um, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a fortune roll right now to see how long this hangover is going to last. And the hangover <laughs> from spark, uh, it's going to just make maybe something. It might make some things a little harder for you, uh, Juliet. Uh, for a little while, um, and then uh, the other thing is it's 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 visible, right? Like smoke curls from your mouth, your mm-hmm, clothes are mm-hmm. kind of singed, so people can mark you as a spark user. And, I feel like, um, yeah, it, because I've got this veil down too. If I ever lift it, it's just like a plume of <laughs> like <laughs> pent up smoke that just billows out. Yeah, um, uh, and so uh, I will leave you with that opportunity for right now because now it's time to talk to. Valkos. Valkos. Where are you in the city? What are you doing? I think You're I... Um, yeah. I, th- I think I was um, I was at the grotto and I was just sitting there and I was seeing everyone move and, and leave. I was just sort of like taking them in and taking the environment in and I'm sort of looking up and being... And just sort of trying to hear things, see things. And I think every now and then I think I heard something or, or hear something. I think, you know what? It's just my stomach rumbling. I'm hungry. And then I kind of get up. And I'm this like kind of big, massive, hulking form. And I sort of make my way and mosey my way over. And I think I'm going to go see my friend, Sawtooth. Sawtooth, <laughs> yes. That's a good name. Yeah. Uh, very good. Um, so, um, uh, Sawtooth, uh, he, uh, he is more in the kind of abandoned section of Six Towers. Um, he has uh, a clinic there. He's a physiker, which means he he's a healer. Um, uh, and uh, Valkos, when you and he is also probably a Severosi, but uh, not like you straight over from Severos. Like mm. he actually his parents lived here in Akaros, so he is of Severosi descent. Uh, and uh, I, I guess there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of. Um, Fear of going to a Severosi physiker because uh, sometimes they have sort of really uh, rough healing practices that they use uh, because they come from that sort of tribal culture uh, over in Severos. So um, uh, he doesn't look like he's doing very well. Uh, his dilapidated little uh, studio is kind of on its last legs. You have to climb a couple uh, flights of rickety wooden stairs to get in there. 
the place is it doesn't look like a place you'd want to be healed there's like food out it's buzzing with flies uh, and he comes out of the back like eating something and smearing it onto his uh, ample belly and he's like um, Valkos hello <laughs> how are you my friend yes very good hungry very uh, hungry well uh, I'm living on broth I mean uh, yeah uh, business uh, hasn't been so good lately uh, but you're welcome to a little of this uh, algae broth uh, he kind of taps it out of like a kind of a, a big container that he has uh, over to the side that sits it in front of you uh, and it sits there uh, gray and uh, and evil looking uh, and he offers it to you it seems that business has not been very good for you uh, no 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 I mean I, I I'm afraid I haven't even enough to resupply. Look, uh, and he's like digging out. He only has like a couple bandages left. And uh, like some of this stuff is rusting. <coughs> uh, you know, I, I, I actually ha- had a little idea. I, I was going to I was going to call on you myself. <sighs> OK, what's your idea? Well, uh, you see, I, I was thinking uh, if maybe a lot of folks with money, some folks with money, got badly hurt, and then if someone was to convince them to come here, well, I could split that with you. 50 50. Yes. That's not a bad idea, my friend. <laughs> yes, I mean, of course, the easy part is hurting people. I mean, I can do that. And he pulls out like a bone saw and smashes it against the uh, counter a couple times. And the hard part is, you know, uh, getting my business card to them beforehand or <laughs> however you would want to work that. No. I, I will believe say- I have a way of helping you. I simply need a business card that you hold dear to you. Yes. And then I give it to them while I beat them to a pulp. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm, no, not, I'm not exactly sure that would work, but y- no, you're welcome to a business card. It, it will work. Please give it to me. <laughs> he hands you uh, a card. You're very, you're a very scary man. You're a very scary presence. Yes. Yeah. People say that. I'll be back. Stay here. Get your apparatus Valkos, ready. Valkos, be sure, be sure to really break some limbs because I can't charge a lot for bruises uh, if I'm just putting a couple bandages on. Like, you need to hurt them and, and, and as many people as possible. Yes. Yes. And I sort of just start walking out with this card in my hand. <laughs> All right. Well, let me know. <coughs> um, now, um, everybody has a lead now. <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have a type of job that you can carry out. But let's talk about what jobs are the smartest, or that, or, or how you. This is where the strategy of the game comes into play. So, um, if I bring up uh, your shadows sheet, you'll see 
that um, you earn XP when you um, when you engage in a sabotage or a uh, or a thievery, a burglary, espionage, robbery, or sabotage. Those are the uh, types of jobs that you earn extra XP for. Um, so uh, when you are deciding which job you'd like, take that into account. Another thing to take into account when you're deciding on a job is the difficulty level versus the reward, right? So um, if something seems really tough, it's going to give you more reward. For example, breaking into a bank seems a little harder than just making sure people get the snot beat out of them. Um, but, but one might seem more fun than the other, you know? Uh, so, so there's that. And I also want to say that like, uh, we don't have to leap right into choosing one of these things right now. Right now you can, if, if anybody has like something somewhere else, they want their character to go something else. They want their character to look into. They can do that right now. Uh, we can take a little bit more time with this kind of free play portion. Mm. I, I want to feel out what it's like when we're just all at the grotto, though. Yeah, yeah. that's the I, mean, I, I think I'm going to back to the grotto. This dynamic. Yeah, yeah me too. Great. great. Uh, so great. I so love, um, I love these guys. After a hard day of uh, the roommates out looking for work, uh, <laughs> they all return to the sunken grotto beneath Six Towers uh, to their workshop. Uh, and um, yeah, let's. Let's have them kind of discuss uh, their opportunities. I assume I show up mm, the next morning. Ah, yes. Early stumbling in. Of course, in Duskfall, that just means that uh, the electric electric lights have just changed to a different kind of uh, level of of brightness. uh, and, And in Six Towers, many of those lights are out. Um, so uh, you wander home through the dark uh, and you go down, uh, down into the sewer, down into the canals. Uh, the smell of fish and garbage uh, meets uh, your nostrils uh, no, 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 as you finally move uh, into a home sweet home, your sunken hidden grotto beneath the street. Hello. Mm, Hello. Fellow strange ones, <laughs> I hope the night treated you. You know, is it? It feels like a little. It's, I know it's strange, but bright in here. I feel. Yeah. Um, it is not the quality of our room that I had noticed. Out of the shadows, <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> uh, horrific. Uh, there you are, uh, yes. Mm. <clears throat> Um, Selyak, actually, the only thing that seems bright is uh, is Juliet, who is uh, lightly glowing. Right. Um, what is this? I've not, and uh, it seems as though someone has spent a night of uh, indulgence, experimentations, study, a very academic and studious. Rigorous evening I have had for us, for for all of us, for our benefit. Yes, I too have made uh, certain studies over the course of uh, the evening. Yes, please hey. tell me. I'm just going to lay down while you while you speak for a moment. Ah. 
Uh, I'm listening. Yes, you're not only listening, but uh, also smoking, my friend. It's what... <laughs> 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 it looks like I am. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to air out some smoke. I'll lift the veil. I, which, you know, as I only do when we are here, back at the grotto. I, I lift it and let it sit behind, like... I don't know. Okay, I should I take out like a notepad. I always have an old pen, and I write down. I guess I will start noting the side effects, but it's not, you know, still worth it. <laughs> if you've been, uh, you try. if you have been finding extra work as a chimney sweep, uh, you can tell oh, us. You do not okay, have to be okay. embarrassed. You're so funny. Uh, no, <sighs> it's not a chimney sweep. No, Where is uh, Valkos? Is Valkos here just, or is he out just, in the street? He's out just on the sitting somewhere? and watching, kind of just staring. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Of course. Great. I was waiting for you because I have a, um, I've received a vision. Of course. And yeah. subsequently, I have received a proposal. Mm-hmm. Something for which our talents might be um, put to good and I might hope somewhat lucrative use. Oh, yes, I like the last word. Go on. I do not know if you've made the acquaintance of my friend, Quellen, who uh, has uh, uh, abilities not unlike uh, the ones that from time to time I am grateful to profess. She has made the acquaintance of a certain deceased individual who wishes to be reunited with certain items that are uh, currently, alas, being held at a certain um, safe deposit box at Sulford's Bank. If someone could... uh, You say like a ghost? Spirit? What? Deceased? Yes, Valkos. Just because... uh, Just because one has perished does not mean their voice has been silenced for eternity. Many, and, and many are most unquiet, as I think you know. Yes. They, do they have their faculties? Are they themselves? Are they not overtaken by madness? <laughs> my um, my friend tells me that um, they are in the peak of clarity. Their faculties still remain, and yet there is that which within that yearns to be reunited with that which they have sadly lost. I will break in for just a second to say, Mm -hmm. uh, to let everybody know, that the uh, ghosts uh, being uh, of their faculties is extremely rare, because um, the reason that Duskfall is surrounded by lightning barriers is because ghosts often don't keep their faculties or their identity. <laughs> and in fact, anytime anyone dies in Duskfall, um, their body is immediately claimed by a group, a city, a city um, a service called the Spirit Wardens. From Bellwether Crematorium, a spirit crow flies out. The bells ring at Bellwether Crematorium, and the spirit crow finds the body and leads the spirit wardens to it. The spirit wardens take uh, possession of the body, and they burn it in the crematorium before the ghost can manifest. That is, anytime there is any death in Duskfall. And so, uh, I will just say, Quellen, uh, if she has found a a ghost that is uh, of its faculties, has found a very rare thing. Uh, go ahead, please. I'm sorry for interrupting. Not at all. Um, 
Yeah, um, I know that uh, the sorrows of the passing will often uh, um, twist and bend the minds of our departed friends, but my friend assures me that this one is in full possession of its mortal faculties, though it no longer, alas, possesses its flesh. How, how, how did he do this? How? Josephine, you ask me questions now for which there are no answers that I can provide. (laughs) Secrecy um, from my patron is, of course, sometimes required. You just called her by her real name. Oh, whoops. You know, I probably should have picked something like... I'm like, is it too Uh, similar now that I... (laughs) Juliet, of course. So this... um, I sometimes mix up my multi-syllabic, vaguely francophone names. I understand and kind of come up to... uh, (laughs) Is it Celeriac? Celiac. See, see, everybody messes up names. It's, it's, everyone does it, and it's not a big deal. We can all move past it and not, not make, a, not make a, a thing about it. <laughs> I'm going yeah, to kind of look up him, and I'm going to be like, you speak of the dead as if they live and walk among us, asking us for work. Yet what you are simply proposing is that we do a job or something so rare, so unbelievable that you <clears throat> make it almost sound so easy. I personally don't believe it. <clears throat> oh, I assure you, my friend, it will not be easy. Tell, tell the witch that we want to meet them if we are to do their job. This is a condition which I fear my my uh, my contact will be loath to uh, adhere to, but um, I can attempt to persuade her. Unless you have some other idea for how we shall fill our stomachs in the weeks ahead, and we oh. will take we will we will we will take a brief pause. Uh, you out there listening, watching, uh, what job do you want them to take? Think about it. Well, we go to a short break, and we'll be back. And when we come back, we will decide our score for the eve, and we will uh, begin said score. And we return to a sunken grotto beneath the district of Six Towers. We hear the dripping water. Oh, look at that. What is that scurrying along the edge of the, the old stone wall in here? <clears throat> oh, it's a rat. Maybe our crew could catch that and... And they could eat that, and oh. that would stave off hunger for a little while. Or maybe, they, maybe there's bigger uh, game out there that they're going to go catch uh, and devour and, and pull coin from. What job? What score will they decide to take on this evening? Let's find out. Uh, we're wondering what's going to happen next. What what job you're going to choose? And I return to Valcos uh, and uh, Juliet and. Celiac in their grotto discussing this. Well, I feel we need more information, and and I, I want I want to meet this this spirit this this ghost who we would be. We, we've got to work that into the deal, Celiac. You have to work it in. And I, I believe in you. You are very charming in your own ways. I know you can convince your friend. Hello. I can, of course, seek to 
change the terms of our arrangement? Is there... Have you any other... Any other ideas of... How our coffers might be filled? Yes, 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 yes. Last night... I got to... um, Partake... Study... Very closely... With another... Purely academic... Colleague... A new substance... Spark, and and it it gives. I was sure you you saw the effects of it on me when I came back. I mean, it it it, it filled me with so much energy and drive, and and I could go and go, and I could work on so much, and I I I was I had energy that I had not felt on all of these algae and mushrooms we have been eating for days. <sighs> anyway, during this evening of uh, study, I also learned how to make it but we lack one key ingredient which is the electroplasm that would be required for it but <laughs> I also have a solution for this because there are trucks that move in and out of Coleridge that are delivering the electroplasm to the sparkrites. It's it's something I'm, you know, well aware of, and I'm sure I could find out more information if there's anyone there still willing to speak to me. But it it would be great. We could we could steal from them and, and take it for ourselves and then we could sell it for lots and lots and lots of coin. And then the world is ours. Hmm. Yes? Yes. You, we, take the plasm from the carriage, provide this to your contact, and they refine it into this uh, substance, as you call it, and we partake in a share of the profits. We could sell some to my friend. I mean, it's only polite since they did, you know, uh, show me and tell me all of the information. Um, But I could also produce it myself. Yeah. For us. Hmm. And sell some. And sell some. Of course, we would need the money. I just, you know, it would seem a waste to be so close and then not utilize some of it ourselves. Do you... Am I... Am I to assume that I... You perhaps, uh... Feel the urge to partake again in what you have just, uh... It's, it's not an uncontrollable urge. If that is what you are trying to get at, Celiac, it is purely a... I am... You know, for someone who says that they don't want to partake in it, you talk a lot. In fact, as she's speaking, smoke is billowing out of her mouth. Uh, And it seems to be filling this space with something almost like a little disco. Mm. It's not that I do not want to partake. We should partake. We should partake in it. I... I, I, Mm. I'm just saying I do not have to. I just think it's like it's like someone dumping, uh, uh, you know, the most delicious bread, 
baked that morning by by six charming uh, bread makers in front of us and we decide to not put the best butter on it you know to mm. not have this spark for our own use you know would be I to like not you but you talk too much well, about I... this spark it's becoming infuriating now, listen, I believe it's a good idea. I think <clears throat> it's more believable than what our friend here says about ghosts existing in this city. But your idea feels like it could kill us quite easily. So I'm going to suggest something. We go to a bar. Go on. We beat people up. Oh. And we send them to a doctor. They pay the doctor. And we get a cut of the money of what we gain from him healing and patching people up. Yes, sounds like a crazy idea. But actually, if you really think about it, it's probably <laughs> safer. What? Um, Valkos nope. isn't wrong. It probably is safer than taking on, you know, a, a theft of a bank or a uh, or, or, or of electroplasm. Uh, what what kind of cut would we be getting? Yes, I, I find myself uh, as I turn over these uh, three options in my mind um, that I find myself wishing to balance them in terms of risk and reward. <laughs> Yes. Yes. It depends on how many people we beat up. Uh. Perhaps a compromise can be found. For if one were to waylay a uh, carriage carrying a particular uh, uh, substance, perhaps this would also provide an opportunity to uh, beat people up. Uh, oh. This could provide us with um, not only the material to provide uh, the uh, spark you seek, but also an opportunity to uh, provide a clientele to your uh, medicinal friend. Now that mm. is smart. Two in one. I like the idea. I fear that... Um, in order to meet the uh, the soul that has uh, reached out to um, Quellen, my friend, might require some uh, uh, durational persuasion that perhaps uh, hunger will not allow. I like the job that you present to us, Juliet. If I must cast my vote, if this is a voting... Uh, situation then it is for this electroplasmic heist that crystal casts his die well uh, Valkos what say you <laughs> to meet a ghost or become one I'll follow your lead. Well, hopefully we're not becoming ghosts from this. That, that's, I'd like to not plan that outcome. Oh, I'm not ready yet. 
<clears throat> you look close. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you. Yes, one foot in. Very good. Well, then, it appears that we are about to move into the score. Oh, God. <laughs> what the fuck? That sounded like the most difficult one. <laughs> uh, so How are we doing this? We are planning our score, but in Blades in the Dark, you do very little planning, actually. You just kind of jump in. Um, and so um, I will I will, I will, leave, I will leave uh, the game open right now. If, if, if you absolutely feel that you must gather some information beforehand, then I, you know, you have a little time. Uh, but I can tell you that um, you were a former Sparkwright, uh, Juliet, so you know that shipments come in from the docks uh, only in rare intervals, and that one is headed uh, into the Sparkwright facility in Coleridge tonight. So they have to transport all of this electroplasm uh, from uh, from the docks uh, to uh, to that facility, and so. Um, it's happening this evening. So you don't have a lot of time to gather information, but if you'd like to, you may try. Um, would you like to just jump into the score? Let's let's jump. I, I mean, flashbacks are a thing, yeah. right? If absolutely necessary, right? Yeah. Right. So, uh, Abu, while you're playing, if you find yourself in a really tight spot, remember <laughs> that you can flash back to something you did earlier, <laughs> and that may get you out of that tight spot. Don't worry. Watch huh? what the other players. Yeah, don't worry. Watch what the other players are doing, and I'm sure you won't you won't be lost. So, <laughs> so uh, everyone's just gonna like flash back to a memory of themselves, and I'm just gonna be stuck there, like flashback, flashback. <laughs> just, they're like, not gonna literally travel through time. No, they're not gonna literally travel through time. But they are. are it, it just like in a heist movie. Uh, at some point where it looks like all is lost, the heroes are cornered, uh, the scoundrels uh, have it in for them, they will often flash back to something they did earlier to set themselves up, to prep themselves for just this moment, uh, to make sure that they were prepared for this eventuality. Uh, and when they do that, it costs a little bit of stress to your character sheet. Your character sheet uh, stress is... Uh, mainly, it, it's almost like your health meter. You, if you get okay. full of stress, you're out. If, you're, if you get all of your stress boxes filled, you are then out of the score. Uh, but you can take some stress uh, based on how elaborate the flashback was, uh, and then you can you can set up things that weren't uh, established previously in the fiction. Uh, but but when we plan a score, the first thing that we do is we decide on. Uh, we decide on the plan and the detail to that plan. So uh, let me just say uh, the plan uh, means what exact uh, approach are you using? Is this going to be, uh, in terms of getting this electroplasm off of these these carriages, off of these, uh, they might be mo- motorized carriages, they may be hulls, is what Stasia mentioned to you. Is this mm. going to be an assault, meaning you do violence to somebody? It sounds like you were kind of leaning that way because you're trying to get uh, you're trying to get some uh, clients for Sawtooth as well. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a deception where you lure, trick, or manipulate someone? Stealth where you trespass unseen. Occult where you engage a supernatural power. Social where you negotiate, bargain, or persuade. Or transport, which I mean that kind of fits here, where you carry cargo or people through danger. But any of these. 
is fine. If you decide you want to go a certain way, how are you going to, uh, what is your plan? Assault, deception, stealth, occult, social, or transport? I don't think we should assault. Personally, even though I, you know, it's one of those things. I, I, I personally think that maybe it's, it's, uh, it's almost, I don't know what, what are people are strong at. I'm leaning towards like de- deception, but I mean, yeah, in my head, I'm, I'm, it's like the thing where you, you, the old highwayman drops the tree over the road, right. stalls out the, stalls out the carriage. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you, you, uh, yeah, you, you say could, your you money could, or your um, life. Stand and deliver. Yeah. Yes. Um, or, or you could then deceive them in some way, and while someone I, I filters think the plasm. What should be mentioned is that no one can see my face. No one should see my face, because they all know my face, and it is not a welcome face. Anything right. to do with the establishment. Um the spark so, rights, specifically. The yeah. spark rights, yes. Um, so, as long as I do not have to do the deceiving, I am down oh boy. to engage in this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I could, I can, I will be employing my tinkering tools. I can pick some locks. I know mm-hmm. how to work. I know what they use. All right. I, okay, perhaps... I've never played a whisper before, and this character is a whisper, and you're you're engaging in occult forces. So, it seems crazy to do this, but couldn't we do an occult approach, where I attempt to use some occultic means to mm-hmm. stop, waylay, Ooh. trap the one of the one of the carriages, and then perhaps. While the and other then I members one of the crew, up and then send them to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, while we do, while, we, while the others do the smash and grab. Absolutely, <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Um, great. Well, it sounds like do people like this plan? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Let's do it. Let's okay, just so go for it. Occult. You are going to engage a supernatural power. Um, that's now, that's correct. This is, this is good for your crew because your crew's reputation is strange. Uh, and you'll get extra XP for uh, for leaning into your reputation. Um, so you're gonna you're about to do something strange in order to get your hands on this electroplasm. Um, I need the detail now. Uh, the detail is instead of planning the entire heist, you have to just tell me what is the arcane method. What is the arcane method uh, for this for this occult heist? Um, and so uh, I, I I throw it out to the entire group because just because uh, our friend Selyak is the whisper doesn't mean that he has to decide this. Uh, mm. Everybody can equally attune to the ghost field. Everybody also has experience with the supernatural. So um, let me know what that detail is. It's ectoplasm, right? That, well, the electroplasm that you're grabbing is actually the blood of demons that has been yes. refined into a sort of a fuel source. Could we make them think that the demons are coming back for their own blood? Yes. Sure. Yes, we could, yes. we could, we could attempt, we basically call forth a, uh, an occult attack on whoever's in control of this, uh, the, uh, whatever's carrying this, this oil, this, this plasm drum. Mm. And that's the thing that's going to stop it. Yeah. Hold it up. Giving you time 
to break in and make good your escape. Yeah. Wait, so it, it, did I just hear that the, de- the detail is a demon? Yeah, let's let's say the detail is a demon. I am going to try to summon a demon or a demonic entity to to hamper the progress of this uh, of this carriage. Okay, so um, you're engaging a supernatural power, and the arcane method is demon summoning. <laughs> and I have the skill occultist. So. Um, Okay, yeah. so already sounds like you guys are way up the river without a paddle in a dangerous place, and I can't wait to see how it turns out. Now, the next thing that we do um, is we look at our character sheets, and we are going to choose our item loadout. Um, and what that means is you don't decide which uh, items you're taking ahead of time uh, You know, before you go on your score. You decide, bef- you decide, you decide during the score. What you decide right now is just whether you're going to take a light load, which no one would be able to tell that you ha- are, are, you know, engaging in a heist. You can hide everything under your clothes. Uh, a normal load, which you know, uh, people might see that you have some equipment on you, uh, but it's not overly uh, auspicious. Or uh, finally, a heavy load where you look like you're loaded for bear. This is generally the type of load you would only take when you are not going to uh, be seen by normal citizens or law enforcement. Because if a, if, a, if a blue coat saw you with a heavy load, they might stop you to question you. So I, I can already see that Juliette Belrose, you have chosen a normal load, and you yes. can each chose a different load if you think your different roles in the score uh, would be <clears throat> benefited by a different load. What about uh, Valkos? What kind of a load are you going to take a heavy load. A heavy load, Valkos. Oh. What about... What about um, Selyak? I'll go light. <laughs> okay, great. And so um, that means, because you've chosen a light load Selyak, that during the score, in that long list of items beneath uh, the load, you can choose three things during the score that you have on you. Only three, because you've chosen a light load. Whereas on the other side of the spectrum, old Valkos, he can choose six things during the score that he just happens to have on him uh, and use them. Uh, and it's important to use those things because those are one of the, you know, the several different types of advantages you have going for you is this equipment. A lot of times if you bring some equipment to bear, uh, it'll make something that was impossible before possible or something that was hard a little easier. All right. So we've chosen uh, light, standard and heavy. I love that. And now it's time for a very fun part of the score, which is called the engagement roll. So during the engagement roll, I'm going to roll right now to see if you start out in a desperate, standard, oh. or contro- uh, sta- a desperate, risky, or controlled situation. Uh, and I'm going to roll uh, dice, and I'm going to give you plus. You start with one die. Oof. And by the way, I'm using these gorgeous blades in the dark dice from Dwar- uh, from Dwarven Forge. Uh, oh my God! A race that destroy. Everything that I've... No one heard me say that. Uh, I, my apologies to Eric from Norse Foundry, whose t-shirt I wear. Um, so uh, these gorgeous dice are made specifically for uh, Blades in the Dark. And so um, so you start out with one die, and then now you need to tell me... What, let's see. What are some of the advantages you have? Well, I am going to go ahead and give you... I'm going to give you an example of an advantage. I'm going to give you a dice for the fact that your friend Juliet is a former Sparkwrights Guild member. Uh, it's in her uh, background. And so that is enough that I think that she knows enough about their operations that that's giving you a dice of advantage 
Um, uh, so is this operation particularly bold or daring? <laughs> yeah, you're summoning a demon. That's really bold and daring. I'm going to give you a die for that. So right now you have three dice. Um, does the plan's detail expose a vulnerability of the target or hit them where they're weakest? I kind of gave you that die. Uh, Juliet knows some things about the spark rights. Can any of your friends or contacts provide aid? No, I don't think so. And now we see if there's anything that takes away dice. And um, <laughs> I, I do think that there is something that takes away dice. I think summoning a demon is the craziest, like <laughs> most dangerous way to possibly run this score. I, I feel that- like Celiac was like, "No, I have, I have, I can call upon some aid," and we're like, "Yes, please mm-hmm. do." And we have no idea that a demon <laughs> is trying to call a demon. Yeah, I'm yes. taking away one day for the fact that 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 seems like <laughs> really the most dangerous way to pull off a heist is to bring in an even more dangerous and more unpredictable element so I'm taking one away for that oh, and now I'm going to roll two dice if you get a six on one of these die you're in a controlled position if you end up with a one to three you're in a desperate position okay one more thing to keep in mind while you're playing I'm going to be telling you to roll actions the entire time whenever I tell you to roll a desperate action make sure you keep an eye on that because if say for example let's look at uh, Valkos if he rolls his skirmish, which is his fighting, which he almost certainly will do, and I tell him that it's desperate, he can take an XP under prowess. You see that bar beside prowess? Yeah. He can take an XP every time he rolls a desperate action in finesse, prow, skirmish, mm. or wreck beside prowess. If, for example, he rolled a desperate action to hunt, he could take an XP in insight. Very important. Desperate actions give you XP. Um, and then also doing the things that your uh, particular playbook is good at give you XP in the other XP uh, uh, bar that you have on your sheet, which is, uh, where is that? Oh, here it is. It's sort of toward the bottom of your uh, character sheet. Playbook advancement. So you mark XP, uh, uh, for example, uh, for the cutter, anytime you address a challenge with violence or coercion. So... Um, Definitely, I feel like our friend Valkos is planning to use violence. So uh, uh, keep an eye on that as well. All right, here we go. Here comes the fortune roll, the engagement roll to see uh, how this is going. And then I will set up your situation. Oh, my gosh. You hear those beautiful uh, Norse foundry dice. Norse foundry dice. Good Lord. Apologies, Eric. Okay. uh, And here they are. And I rolled a three and a four. You're in a risky position. And a risky position to me, I see you you all uh, at the side of the the road that's leading into Coleridge. It's leading across the bridge into Coleridge. Here, let me look at my map, actually. Sorry, with the items... With the six items, or uh, do we pick them now? Uh, no, no, as you play. So, like, in the middle right. of playing, if you're like, I need this, just, like, check it off and you have it. Cool. Um, and so um, here is your risky position. Um, you are in uh, you are in Char Hollow, which is a kind of a region of factories uh, blackened with the smoke everywhere. Um, and you are um, near the bridge into Coleridge, uh, and uh, the 
the convoy of hulls that is carrying the electroplasm. Um, there are actually just three huge hulls that are moving. Uh, yes, that are moving uh, into Coleridge here, um, and um, they each have a. They're loaded for bear with electroplasm, <laughs> and they have crews of guards, uh, Sparkrite guards, hanging off of the side, and 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 and. Uh, but these um, these hulls do not need to be driven. They are not trucks because a hull is a type of uh, uh, alchemical being, kind of like a golem infused with a human spirit that the government of Duskfall uses to uh, move its its machinery and and, that is used as a type of slave labor. Um, And so although they do have wheels, they also have like these sort of giant chassis that have enormous like grappling arms like with big like power loader type claws Uh, and you see this sort of like shell uh, at the top where possibly the the human spirit um, has been entered with like a kind of like a spirit bottle into the top Uh, and you see uh, guards hanging off all of them and you can see that they are driving by Quickly, they are not sparing any moments. In fact, the blue coats have cleared some of the roadways for them because this is the most precious commodity in all of Duskfall. It needs to get to the Sparkrite <laughs> facility in the Coleridge quickly. So, can we just watch? Pass by, and we're like, well, we tried. I think, I think this is plenty guards? risky because we're talking moving vehicles. That's a great question, Joe. Uh, let's roll a fortune die to see how many guards. I guess per hole, uh, right? Five are in oh, on each Jesus. of these uh, of these uh, hulls. And on top of that, uh, Joe, you should know that I rolled when I rolled the complication for uh, our friend Juliet about how oh, long yes. Juliet would be hungover. Um, Juliet got a one, which is the worst result. So I'm ruling that Juliet realizes, yeah, as these huge hulls are like grinding by, Juliet is still coughing up smoke. (laughs) (laughs) And so I ask you, uh, what do you do? And keep in mind, you can always flash back to something you set up earlier. Uh, But uh, who would like to go first and tell me how you're going to get these barrels? You can see them there. They're like under a tarp. They're under, like, a tarp woven out of, like, weird seaweed fabric uh, that's, like, really rain-resistant. But you can see the big barrels. Um, uh, The barrels are large enough that it would be impossible for one of you to carry two of them. Okay. To carry two. You could carry one. Like, a human could carry carry one, but they would be, you know, quite weighed down. But any of the three of you could carry one of these barrels. And do I know that those barrels are built sturdy enough that should one fall, it's not going to just go everywhere? Oh, you're asked now. You're asking fun questions that I refuse to answer without some sort of uh, action role. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I mean, um, I, in the past, I must have opened these up before, right? And and had to utilize them in engineering of the, uh, the of of during the Sparkrite guild time as an engineer there. Yes, uh, certainly. Um, y- yeah. Okay. Y- you want an answer that badly? 
Um, <laughs> electroplasm is highly volatile. Uh, you really yeah, shouldn't. I think you really shouldn't shake it around very much. Uh, probably why there are five guards uh, on these halls. Uh, kind of protecting this. So um, these are like carriages, but like I said, with like loader arms and like these weird shells, uh, faceless shells at the top that act as like kind of the center of the spirit that's controlling them. Uh, and they have the guards hanging how, off of them. How many? How many are there? Five guards on each of the three, uh, of the, three. Of the three hulls. So I'm going to kind of, and I assume uh, Juliette would have shared this information about the ectoplasm, right, with the team? Oh, yes, or, of course, so yes. I, I kind of look and I'm like, we can take out two of them. We only need two barrels. Send them stir crazy. I can jump and attract most of the attention of the five guards. <laughs> five guards. And then suddenly you can both take the barrels and run. And Except in Blades in the Dark, Abu, we don't plan. We just do it. So <laughs> I'm going to say with your Great. with your risky position, um, uh, you've already planned this out, and you are leaping onto one of... Is that what you're saying? You're going to leap onto the truck? Well, I was going to just... I wanted to break... I wanted to, uh, like, set off two of them, essentially, or set off one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set well, off one of them. Oh, you're yes. going to... You're going to... By set off, what do you mean? By literally, like, if I had a grenade right now, I would throw the grenade into one of the into one of the car- hull, the carriages. <laughs> mm-hmm, Maybe the one mm-hmm. in the front to stall out the others. The one at the front, exactly. And okay. and I feel to aid this, may, may, well, if I can, I know that previously I would have set up some sort of trap along the road that we could trigger uh, as the second one passes, so that we can take out what follows. Oh my god. Uh, well, let's go one thing at a time. Keep that in mind, <laughs> Juliet. Do not lose that. Um, mm-hmm. My friend, uh, my friend uh, Valkos, you say that you're going to take out one of the trucks. Um, I see. Uh, I see on your sheet that uh, among your many uh, different um, items that you could grab, I don't see a, a grenade, unfortunately. Damn but it! I do, and yeah, but I do see um, something that says an unusual weapon. And we don't know what that means. Oh, I see demolition tools. Right. Uh-huh. If you check off both of those boxes, you have demolition tools. Great. And Done. to me, a demolition tools means that you have something that you can throw that explodes, right? Exactly. So what action are you using to throw uh, at the uh, first truck to stop it? Would it be finesse? I think that's a great action to roll. Right. So go ahead and roll finesse. So that Let's is see position is risky. Oh yeah, the position is risky. And the effect, uh, and the effect will be great. <laughs> right. Because you guys are going really big with this. Okay. Yes. Here we go. Oh, bonus die none. No bonus die. Oh, here we go. Oh, four, five, four, and five. five, and five. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, this is means it, there's a complication. Okay. Uh, it means that because you didn't get a six, you didn't get a, a, a clean success, you got some sort of complication. So I'm going to rule that uh, the uh, the bomb goes off, and it completely, it completely. I mean, you've just trashed the front of this hull, uh, and in fact. It, I mean, it, it, whatever this thing is you threw, it was like a kind of like a big wad of like explosive material and you tossed it and you got it like perfectly onto that little shell at the top 
of the hull and it exploded and now it's just like bent metal and there are guards falling off of it burning like ah! uh, and you've created an enormous mess but you've also caused me to have to start a clock uh oh that's right uh oh is right I'm going to start a I think an explosion is enough for me to start a four clock uh, I'm starting a four clock and that four clock is going to be uh, for uh, authorities arrive. Well, you can't go setting oh. off explosives without the authorities coming to help. So, uh, especially when we're talking about, and I'm going to go ahead and say it's got one tick gone. Uh, there we go. So one tick. Is, so anytime you create more, uh, more catastrophe, more, more <laughs> chaos, that's going to tick down, and uh, the authorities are going to show up to deal with you. Um, kind of like your wanted meter in Grand Theft Auto. Uh, and so that is the first action, our first salvo here in this heist, which was supposed to be the... The method was supposed to be summoning a demon, but somehow quickly became throwing explosives. Um, and now I will turn to Juliet. Juliet, I believe you said that you had something you were ready to do. That's got to be causing a distraction, I'm sure. Um, I would like to have, before they arrived, knowing when the rounds come, uh, to have set up a uh, perhaps two sets of pylon on each side, two pylons on each side of the road and create like an electric barrier that shoots across them to stop them in their tracks. Oh, okay. So um, the cars are stopped by uh, Valkos's explosion because they cannot... Well, maybe they could try to get around uh, the, the the car that's been destroyed by him. So, um, but you say you've set this up earlier, so I'm going to call for a flashback. All um, right. And the flashback, you want to create like a, an electrical field that kind mm-hmm. of cut. Are you? Am I right in assuming that it cuts the cars off from one another? Yeah, I think that would be ideal, right? If I can time it exactly right, it would cut one off from the other. And then they have to deal with, you know, whatever. So the guards from each one can't get to the other cars. Mm-hmm. Is that, is yes. that correct? Um, That's correct. That seems like a lot of, uh, it seems like a lot of uh, prep. I'm going to say that that's going to cost <laughs> you, I'm only going to cost one stress, but I'm, I'm going to make you roll okay. for it. So much earlier in the day, you were here and you were using what action to set up this trap? Tinkering for sure. Tinkering sounds- away. That sounds right. Okay, and uh, I'm going to say that you're tinkering. Uh, normally, I would say that this kind of like weird electrical field seems like very difficult to set up. Like I would say that um, this would be a not a controlled roll. This would be a risky roll for limited effect. But, okay. But uh, and you need to remember this in the future. But I'll remember it for you this time. Mm-hmm. Your crew has uh, has supplies that are uh, superior, don't you? Yes. And a, and a workshop, don't you? Yes, yeah. yes. Quality okay. supplies and workshop. So I'm going to allow you to set this up to try to roll for this for standard effect uh, ah. instead of limited effect. And, so, and, ooh, that makes me check my sheet. Uh, when I invent or craft a creation with spark craft features, take plus one result level to my roll. Okay, so that so what means is that? that you can get great effect. Okay. So um, if this works, it's going to really work. This is uh, this is hours ago uh, okay. when the lights were at a different level of uh, 
luminosity. Uh, you were here, like, uh, uh, over in, like, uh, corners beside these factories setting up these little unassuming little rods that would set up this electro field. And now, please go ahead and roll your tinker for me. No, my God. <laughs> a three, a one, and a one. You have failed. I'm all over, okay? I'm doing my best. Oh, I should have. I actually should have uh, given you some sort of disadvantage for the hungover, but I think we we, we already saw it happened anyway, so I don't mm-hmm. have to do that. Uh, we have to look at uh, consequences and what possibly uh, possibly uh, could go wrong from this. So, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to rule... An electrical field? I mean... Who could say? Oh, well, I'm going to rule that it actually doesn't go off. Uh, no, I want something interesting to happen. Uh, oh, okay. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't activate uh, remotely like you're trying to get it to. And if you want it to come on, someone's going to have to run out there and actually manually turn it on. Um, well, yeah, okay. So now oh. let me set the scene as it stands now. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the the little kind of electro cages that Juliet has set up are, are kind of like sputtering and not quite catching. Um, there is uh, a screaming outcry from all the guards who have stopped the all of the all of the hulls and are hopping off of them to kind of form a uh, sort of a defensive perimeter uh, around their cargo. Um, and uh, unless they are separated by these electrical fields, they will form like a perfect ring of defense uh-huh, around uh-huh. Uh, these uh, these hulls. Uh, and uh, the three of you are standing, again, off to the side in the shadows between the factories and, and uh, moldering buildings of Char Hollow. And now I perhaps turn to Selyak Khan. I guess it's time to summon that demon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Um, so yeah, I I I do that, um, or I Boy. attempt to. Um, Selyak summons demon. Um, so yeah, off in the off in the the alley, I suppose. Um, I I want. I think we we said we said early in creation that Selyak was formerly like a a um real estate law sort of uh, person, which we haven't really delved into this time. I can't but I really... wait to see how this comes into it. <laughs> but I think what that has to do with is that he has a very thorough understanding of the history of buildings in the city. Earlier on, you described that this is a uh, Franken city of like ancient buildings stacked upon ancient building in layers going back a thousand years. And while most people might just see that as a cacophony, Celiac maybe knows like that this, that, that such and such a house is on top of such and such a ancient palace on top of such and such an ancient holy site. And perhaps another reason we've chosen this, point for our attack is this is such an ancient holy site for a for a god that no longer has a name and uh celiac wants to uh get it to come out and deal with the um the uh the uh, people that are attempting to make progress on its pathways without paying the appropriate tolls Oh, very good. So um, that that makes total sense, and I, I don't think it's a, fl- a flashback is necessary for your knowledge of the city to come into play. But what I will say is, um, what action? I'm going to ask you first. What action are you going to use? I mean, a tune, right? 
Um, that that makes complete sense. It's the most obvious attune attuning to the supernatural field around the city. Um, and uh, here's here's the problem. I'm going to say that summoning a demon is really really hard, Selyak Khan. <laughs> sure. So I'm going to say that it is going to be a desperate action for limited effect uh-huh. unless you can tell me reasons, ways, uh, advantages you have that are going to change that. Um, okay. So your summoning circle or your, your your various sigils are all set up, but you realize that this is a shot in the dark. This is going to be desperate for limited effect, meaning... Uh, no matter what, you're not going to get a fine, clean success. You, you might not quite, like, you know, get exactly what you want unless you can alter this role in somehow. And this is where, you know, okay, uh, we might, we might, we might barter a little bit. You might ask for um, a devil's bargain from me. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, where, um, uh, you know, you give me something, and then I tell you, okay, you can go from limited to standard effect. <laughs> um, or you might um, just push yourself to get a lot of extra die, but that's not going to help with the effect level, okay? Or the position. Then, um, yeah, I think. I mean, what we're describing here is a devil's bargain. I'm attempting to yeah. bargain <laughs> with what the what the uninformed would refer to as a devil. What Celiac just knows is one of the old gods that that that, <laughs> that still maintain influence here, and that those with the appropriate attunement can can still. Uh, uh, seek their aid. Um, and so, yeah, I'll take that devil's bargain. Let's do it. Okay, the devil's bargain is... Um, the devil's bargain... Hmm. Alright, I, I have to think of what it should be. Um, I think the devil's bargain is you're going to take harm. Okay. You're going to take harm in order to do this. Uh, in fact, I'm going to say um, you have to, like... Um, you tell me what the what the ritual is but it fills both of your level one harms okay, in order to do it. Okay. Um, and I will also, if I can, I want to really... And that really devil's bargain is, in exchange for that harm, I'm going to let you have a standard effect with this. Okay. I'm going I'm to put those put those in to two little, two little harms. I also want to click on my, uh, my um, item, Arcane Implements. So that's one of my three. Ah, so, okay. Arcane implements. Yes. Tell tell me about that. So uh, that means that I've got some arcane influence that I'm, that might give me more die. So I think what you see is a uh, celiac has a uh, um, like what look like these these two old like bracelets <laughs> and. Um, and as he and he like puts them on his wrists in this alleyway, as again this sort of like sigilistic um, posture comes over his hands, he's throwing some sort of demonic gang sign, and um, <laughs> and as he's like saying a prayer in a language that no one no one understands in the center of this magic circle, and at that moment there's uh, the bracelets you notice they're the what you thought maybe was a piece of like a dormant on the side like goes into his wrists and these spikes have created stigmata in his wrists as blood is kind of like uh, pouring down his uh, forearms um, as, as they continue to bore into his flesh as, as this black Tykerosi blood is like is uh, uh, suddenly like dripping onto the ground 
marking this uh, the circle in which he's praying. Your arcane implements, I'm going to say, make this not a desperate uh, action, but a risky action. So, um, and those those know, two harms are the two wounds in my yes. Uh, <laughs> like, why don't you? Uh, why don't we put uh, um, flagellated or uh, what yeah. would you call that? Uh, stigmatic. Yeah. Stigmatic. <laughs> yeah, put stigmata for both of them. Yeah, and so I, I want you to see that once you've taken those harms, uh, you've now filled up your level one harm counter, so you now have less effect on all of your rolls. Uh-huh. So you guys have just fired off. Your your glass cannon, uh, Selyak <laughs> Khan. Uh, you have damn. You have cracked your glass cannon, Selyak Khan, in the uh, summoning of this demon. However, because it is no longer a desperate roll, um, please do not take uh, please do not take resolve uh, XP for it. But um, so you you lose out on that. But what you do earn is there's no chance of this doing more harm to you if you fail it right now. Okay. So <laughs> okay, the position is now. The position is now uh, risky, risky, and the, and the uh, effect is now standard. Okay, and I, do I get a bonus die at all for the? For uh, the- no, <laughs> I, I allowed you to have standard effect. Okay, uh, great, that's it for your for the damage that you took. Okay, so now we just hope that the dice go my way. Um, so yeah, you're just seeing the, this blood oh, run down his hands, his eyes rolling back. <laughs> <laughs> What is he doing? <laughs> Just <laughs> okay. I rolled, and let's see what happened. Oh boy! <laughs> oh no! I rolled a four and a one. <laughs> but it's just um, the higher one, oh, right? It's the it's the higher of the two. It's the four. It's the four. It's the four. So you succeed Ooh. with a consequence. Now let me you tell always, you, there are always consequences. Let right. me tell you what happens. Um, you know, you're in an industrial part of Char Hollow, old factories, uh, you know, old like printing presses and weird old like kind of like cotton gin type apparatus are in these old uh, factory buildings. Suddenly, uh, from all around you, over the din of the hulls, uh, you know, still idling, you um, you hear the sound of screeching metal. Uh, of metal like twisting and breaking of like metal cable snapping and suddenly bashing its way out of one of these old buildings comes this like animate pile of metal that is just like shrieking uh, but its voice is the shrieking of like like you know iron scraping against iron its teeth open its teeth are made out of like various apparatus that used to like weave cloth and rope together but now these hooks have become a maw that is hungry uh, for something Um, uh, this thing has built a body out of old machinery and it smashes its way into the middle of the other two hulls Um, the consequence of only rolling a four is that uh, this thing (laughs) this thing isn't doing as you wished and carefully just scaring away the guards it is knocking (laughs) over both of these hulls like with a full on football tackle Uh, so uh, already canisters of electroplasm are are falling loose (laughs) and rolling out onto the pavement Uh, and now I ask what next and for who I turn to I think it probably would be uh, Valkos 
So I am going to um, essentially try and uh, run in and take <laughs> these, uh, take one of the canisters <laughs> and just bolt it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the move. Oh. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, I think uh, I think that before Valkos does that, I have to go ahead and say uh, I'm adding another tick to the authorities show up when you summon a giant screeching demon. Seems fair. Seems fair. Uh, so now you only have two ticks left before the police uh, show up. Uh, sorry to say. Uh, and uh, there we go. And... Um, uh, so two ticks left, and Valkos, yes, you can certainly run out and try to grab one of these canisters. What action are you going to use to do that? Uh, would it again be f- like a finesse thing? Um, it could be. Um, this is more of like uh, kind of like it requires strength more than um, more than precision. It requires mm. speed. Um, so, uh, but if you want to use finesse, it just means you're being. Actually, if you use finesse, it means you're being very careful about how you do this, which is probably a good idea with explosives. And I'm going to essentially use my finesse, but also with my subterfuge sort of supplies, which I have, um, which I'm giving myself. Um, And the idea is essentially to almost be... um, uh, With subterfuge, would it be something like, again... Like, could I do, like, I don't know, like a, like a smoke bomb or some shit? Or, like, something that, you know... Oh, you know, like... wow. Really stretching, really stretching the, the definition of uh, subterfuge supplies, which I think you just tried to close the menu as I, I tried to, to read it. It says, a theatrical makeup kit, a selection of blank documents ready for the forger's hand, costume jewelry, a reversible know, cloak, man. and a distinctive hat, a forged badge... Yeah, I'm afraid that subterfuge supplies, unless you want to use that cloak to kind of carefully kind of cradle the, uh, you know, I will give you, I will give you an advantage. You're being finessey. You're being like very careful with the electroplasm. I will give you an advantage if you want to check off subterfuge supplies and use them that way. It's just sort of, uh, like something to carry the electroplasm in where it'll be a little safe and more cushioned. And, Yes, I think that's or what you I'm can un- or you can uncheck it because you you know you get you get five more or I'm sorry four more uh, choices for your equipment. You can uncheck it and, and just say, "Hey, I'm running out there and grabbing it." It's up to you. No, I'm gonna <laughs> use no, I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna stick with my guns and go for that. That's the okay, that's the great. end. <laughs> so uh, you see Valkos uh, tearing uh, uh, mustaches and top hats out of his. <laughs> Pack, throw, throwing away a false nose uh, and uh, and pulling out a, a cloak. I, I can't believe he's doing this. Um, but carefully, uh, he's going to roll the uh, the canister of electroplasm that is rolled free uh, onto. And here's the thing, Valkos. Um, right now, this demon is just tearing into these holes, and the holes are fighting him. It's like a kaiju battle in the middle of the streets of Dustfall, these yes. holes are like these big mechanical beings, and they are smashing against metal. So this is, right now, getting out here and carefully picking this up in, in, in this cloth and making sure it's safe is very dangerous. This is a desperate action, um, and it will have only the standard effect. If you will have secured, but you will still be in the danger zone. You will have secured, 
the electroplasm, but you will still be in a dangerous area. This is not like fully like I grabbed it and I left unless no. you get a critical. If you get a okay. critical, you can have grabbed it and be out of the danger zone. Does okay. that sound does that sound fine? That sounds fair. Would, now finesse gives you three dots, uh, three dice. Would you like anything else? Would you like to perhaps take two stress <laughs> and gain an extra die? This is a pretty important roll. Yes, I am going okay. to take two stress. Take two stress. There they are, and you get an extra die. You can now roll four dice. Okay. Uh, and it's desperate, see. right? And it's a desperate action. So go ahead and mark on your prowess counter a, a, a point of XP. Pardonnez-moi. <coughs> oh, very good. <laughs> and now, uh, let and us. The effect see. is what? The effect will be standard. You will secure it, but you will not have made away with it. And then one bonus die. Okay. Holy shit. Abu Salim dice luck strikes again. Yes. Abu rolled two sixes, a four, and a two, which means that Abu, I'm sorry, Valkos runs out. That's quickly right. wraps the canister in a theatrical cloak. And it's beautiful. It glimmers <laughs> in the light. Mm. <laughs> and Gorgeous. carefully hoists it over his shoulder right I where do. it will not be volatile and then scatter, skittering uh, around uh, through the feet of these massive metal beings that are doing battle. He makes his way off of the battlefield you have all earned a canister of electroplasm if you can get away from this before the police come. Okay. Um, so now I turn to Juliette. Juliette, um, uh, you see that Valkos has has. Uh, there's more. There's more coin in it. If you get more electroplasm, uh, what do you want to do? I yeah, just give me an idea of how much one barrel of electroplasm would be. I guess. Even if it's not exactly accurate, but just a rough estimate, so I know what I'm. Uh, one barrel um, is going to generate for your crew two coin because you have to share with uh, Stasia. Okay. <laughs> okay, and then uh, the, they're fighting a demon. The the holes are fighting a demon. Yes, are the- they all? Is there? St- are all of the guards also involved in that fight? Well, some of the guards uh, have have uh, the guards have all turned and are, are trying to fight the demon as well. Uh, oh. But um, even the ones, that, uh, not all of them have firearms uh, because firearms aren't quite as prevalent as they are in you know modern United States of America. So um, they're not ha- they're not very effective, right? They're mm-hmm. like coming at him with swords and and things like that, and it's not really doing much. And as you watch, uh, as you watch right now, the demon sweeps a hand made of some sort of industrial combine through the ranks of the guards and just chops two of them into chunks with one swing of its enormous uh, industrial claw. Uh, right before one of the pincers of one of the hulls grabs what is is passing for its neck and lifts it into the air. So it truly is a clash of the titans here on the bridge to Coleridge. Okay, so positioning-wise, even if I went to go in person to fix the electrical field, would it separate one off, or is it too mixed up? Like, If you fix that electrical field right now, you will uh, trap the demon inside of it uh, and uh, most of the guards. 
most. Okay. Oh, and so oh, on the outside, most. though, you there would be some. You are hungover, lady. You need to get home, have some breakfast. <laughs> Girl, take care of yourself. <laughs> Girl. Self-care, Look at girl. your choices. <laughs> do what you need to do. Nail that off. Okay. 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 You know what? We got a barrel. I'm just going to... <clears throat> uh, take out some demolition tools. <laughs> okay. Okay. Didn't expect that to come next. Okay. And uh, take out... Here, let me take that off. Um... What I assume are some little, like, rolling uh, uh, explosives that I can throw. Magnetized explosives. Oh, my word. We're really imagineering today, aren't we, players? No, no. uh, uh, Well, uh, I'm not going to allow them to be automatically magnetized. Uh, But you do have demolition tools, and I, I did allow... I did allow Valkos to use that as a sort of a, a throwable explosive, so I will allow it. You could nuke it. Okay, okay. Um, wh- what if I used another one of my load-out items of gadget? Oh, interesting. Could I make him magnetized with a gadget? Yes, you may. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> and now I will throw them in. And kind of, I don't have finesse. I'm just throwing them towards just adding more mayhem and trying to destroy as much as possible there and then running for it behind okay, Falcos. So, so you're not trying to get any more electroplasm. You're just trying to just wreck everything with more I would explosive. like to destroy the electro... If we can't have the electroplasm, no one can. Certainly spark rights can't. Wow, okay. This is going to bump uh, up the street value. There'll be a, be a brief exactly, shortage. Exactly, rare commodity. Okay, very good. Then uh, what I would like you to do is tell me what action you're going to use. <clears throat> I mean, there's an obvious one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, wreck. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay, so I would you like will, to use wreck? I will, and could I, I take some stress... And give myself an extra die because I feel like I'm thinking about all of the stuff I went through dealing with the spark rights and how they, they, you know, there's a lot of memories and baggage there, and it's just fueling this rage to really screw yeah. them over. Yeah, you can push yourself. So I think what you're trying to do here is you're trying to make sure that these things. These uh, creatures and guards aren't interested in you because they're too busy dealing with uh, being exploded, right? Um, (laughs) uh, And so you're going to uh, roll uh, because you've just pushed yourself two dice for wreck. I'm going to tell you something. I I want you to, this is, uh, go ahead and mark an XP in your prowess. This is a desperate action because you have to get, even though they're magnetized, you have to Mm -hmm. get pretty close and you could take some harm here. Um, if it goes if it goes poorly for you, um, and uh, it's not even going to be first level harm like our friend Selyak, it's going to be like a second level harm if you take some harm, um, and uh, that's why it's a desperate action. Uh, but it will have it will have great effect. It will it will really blow some shit up because you have okay. specifically put magnets onto these bombs so that they go right to the target you want them to go to. Okay. 
Remember when um, I said I wanted us to start out at like as a low-level crew, <laughs> just trying to get by, trying to scrape two coins together, dealing with normal day-in, day-out of the underworld, and then my players said they wanted to summon a demon made of metal and then throw magnet bombs. <laughs> uh, uh, the best laid plans. Uh, all right, are you ready to roll? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Here comes the two-day yes. wreck roll, and it's looking... Ooh, really yeah. good, right? A six. Yes. That's yes. a perfect success. Yes. Um, um, check, check. <laughs> these bombs immediately attach to... Where do they attach to? Uh, well, I assume hopefully one on a hole, one maybe on a demon. Okay. Um, that is where they attach. And you can see uh, the little kind of uh, diode on the side kind of blinking and then getting a little faster and then... Boom! As Juliet runs away, um, the <laughs> demon is torn to pieces. Its body is ripped to shreds. Likewise, one of the holes explodes and all the electroplasm on its back as well. You all have destroyed an entire shipment of electroplasm, practically. Do you realize the cost of this <laughs> decimation? Uh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring the authority uh, counter. I actually, that was precision. You didn't get a complication. I'm going to leave the authority counter where it is. Maybe they're maybe they're waiting until they can get the SWAT team together before they even head into this area. Uh, no, it's still just two ticks on the, uh, uh, the clock that says when the authorities come in. And so now I will turn uh, finally to Selyak Khan. Selyak. Uh, you see that you, your your friends seem to have left the field. What do you do? Okay. Um, can I, I'm. Is there a fortune roll to see if there's a nearby uh, electroplasmic jug? <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, there can be a fortune roll. I just, just to, or just to see if there's I'm one. I'm gonna that... give you. I'm gonna give you a pretty good chance because they're everywhere now. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna roll a couple dice for that fortune roll. Unfortunately. The biggest, uh, the, the highest number I rolled was a four, which to me means that, uh, yes, there's one there, but there's a catch. It's leaking a little bit. There's one near you, uh. but it seems to be leaking a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's grab it. What is wrong? Oh, my God. Why not? Oh, my God. All right. Uh, blue fire has, is covering the area like... Uh, arcs of lightning are tearing through the air. The smell of ozone is in the air. A Selyak comes out of the shadows and scoops up a leaking canister of electroplasm. <laughs> um, and where are you going with this? What are you doing? All right, I want to make good my escape, but maybe in a in a in a weird way. I have a I have <laughs> I'm going to click a, a something that I don't even need to add to my loadout, which is a ghost key. Um. There is a like a warren of ethereal, like the dead world still exists in a way, overlaid on the world of the living. And if you've got the right implements, you can unlock a door to nowhere and step through it and emerge somewhere else. And uh, I would like to do that. <laughs> okay, very good. So you're going to take electroplasm into the ghost field. That's I figured. I figured that. What would action are you going to probably... use to do this? be a hard thing to do but why not um i am going to use prowl yes okay very good uh and um it is going to be um 
what you didn't realize was that taking electroplasm, a substance that wards off ghosts, into the ghost field uh, with a leaking canister is absolutely horrifically <laughs> deadly. Okay. And so well. what I'm going to say... <laughs> hey, you know, sometimes you die in the first step. <laughs> yeah. What I'm going to say is, uh, this is a desperate action. Uh, what action are you using? Prowl. Prowl, right. Okay. So go ahead and mark uh, XP for that. I'm going to push myself action. also. This is a desperate action. Um, if you if you fail this action, you will take a level three harm, which takes you out of the score and leaves your body here. Okay, <laughs> cool, super cool. Um, this is a desperate action, uh, but I will say it will have standard effect. It will if you if you if you manage to do this, you will sneak uh, a, a, a canister of electroplasm through the ghost field. So Are you ready to effect. roll this? Okay, and I took... How many many dice do you have for Prowl? I I just have one pip in Prowl. Oh my god, this is... Can I take stress to add a die? To push? (laughs) I think you should. Take two stress (laughs) and you can add a die. Okay. And this will be our final roll of the night. Let's see if Selya Khan blows himself up. (sighs) A one and a three. <laughs> Celia, you try to take a canister of electroplasm into the ghost field. Feels you like I know that, but... With, well, uh, but would you, though? Uh, the forces of the arcane are very strange. And by the way, that's that's not in the book. That's just something I made up about electroplasm. Great. So there's no way you could have known it. This uh, is the hubris that you're filled with once you've, once you've gotten a demon to do your bidding. Absolutely. A demon that's probably really happy with being summoned here and then blown up. Um, The final thing I'm going to narrate for the evening is that as you enter the ghost field, that leaking canister starts to shake and glow. Uh, And the ghost field, by the way, it's like you've entered kind of this like whispering hallway of darkness. Yeah, where there are these these, like shadows, like cloud, shadowy clouds moving all about you. And you can just barely see, and they almost seem kind of hazy, the structures that were in the real world around you. And you enter the ghost field, and the whispers start to pick up. And like like whatever's whispering is very angry with you. And then the canister starts to shake and glow. And, and I think it, this is when his own voice comes back to him from an earlier conversation talking about how, like, this has nothing to do with greed. <laughs> as, he, as he's gotten greedy. I would like you for you to take the level three harm spirit burned. Yep. Uh, oh, and man. that is where we will end today's session. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, I, I mean, you know, uh, at least I got to, you know, really, really uh, trash one character. I mean, that's the kind of game master I am. You know, um, no, I I hope Selyuk, uh he survives. Um, I, th- I think if I, like you just see the translucent bony hand with the fucking with the with the wrist guard blood everywhere, and then floating down. Like into the open palm is like a little business card for Sawtooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you guys forgot to sell people on Sawtooth. 
Oh, oh shit! Yeah, oh, he guards a couple, a couple business cards. Oh. Right, as, as, I, as, I, as I like finessely took this barrel, I just sprinkled some uh, some business cards as I went as I went along. So yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Sawtooth oh. is going to love being uh, connected, to, connected this. to this. He really is. Here, my final thoughts. Uh, we play role playing games to have fun and to see what happens, to find out what happens. And tonight we had an immense amount of fun, and we definitely had a lot of fun finding out what was going to happen. I will say, if you want to refine, even perfect your Blades in the Dark play, I will say that even though you don't actually plan in Blades in the Dark, you can act like you did during the score. This was the most chaotic bomb throwing. <laughs> Charge right at them uh, score I've seen in a while. And man, was it fun. But man, like, you guys are just like, I set off another bomb. Well, I set off three more bombs. Um, I loved it. Um, I want to say thank you to our players. Uh, find them online. Tell them how much you love them. Watch and uh, subscribe to everything they do. Josephine McAdam, Abu Salim, and Ross Bryant. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. And we'll be back soon and and find out uh, how this all shakes down in downtime. Will Selyak survive? We'll find out. Uh, Until then, this has been Haunted City. Good night, scoundrels. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon.